The word for today is coming from the book of Haggai. So I invite you to those who have their Bibles to open to the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. For those who are here, you can read it on the screen. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Hosadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is time for you, yourself, to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I might take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. This is the word of God to the people of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank for the words that you are going to give us today. We ask, Lord, to open our hearts, open our minds for the message that you're going to send us to each of us. Because we know it's a customized message that is going to be received via the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, to be present, that all our worries, all our uh, thoughts, are going away so we can hear very clearly from you. We love you. In your name, we have prayed. Amen. Probably some of you are thinking, well, where, where is this uh, person is from? Some of you know, some of don't. I am from Colombia. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. And I came to this country in the year 2001, specifically in February 2001. And the reason why I came is because I was relocated by the company I was working on. The company was Compact Computer Corporation that has the headquarters here in Houston. And we came. We came with my wife, who was pregnant of Carolina, my second daughter. She was seven months pregnant when we came. Andres, my oldest son, was one year old. 
And the main reason why we came was because we wanted to leave our country. At that time, 2001, Colombia was in the middle of a war between the drug dealers and the government. And also, we have the guerrillas as well. It was not safe at all. It was not safe. I'm going to try to describe you what we experienced. But one of the things that you cannot do is go outside, for example. You need to stay in the main cities. You cannot go outside of the cities because you were targeted for either of those bad guys. And if they take you, they kidnap you. And based on where you work or the money you have, you have to pay. I was working for an American company, so they told me you cannot go. You need to keep in your home all the time, most of the time. Don't use business cards. Don't use anything that can relate to you. And we have an accident, a security. They we were kidnapping with my wife for a few hours in Bogota. It's part of another sermon. But what I wanted to tell you is how scared we were. And we were in captivity, really, in Colombia. Very similar to what the people of Israel was feeling during the 70 years they were in Babylon. So that's the reason why I'm going to be a little bit telling you what we experienced our first years in this country and, and make a, a, a a comment regarding the world we just heard. Most probably, uh, some of you probably have been relocated, and you know how it's experienced. I mean, it's wonderful. I can tell you. I mean, as soon as they receive the offer, I say yes, we want to go, and 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 then and then I receive a phone call from from the uh, uh, relocator specialist, Mr. Vargas. I'm ready to serve you. What do you need to bring to the United States? Whatever you need, don't worry, we pay for it. I said, well, no, I have my, 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 you know, my belongings. And uh, do you have a boat? I remember that question. Do you have a boat? I said, boat? No, no, I don't. Any airplane? Any airplane? Open? No, 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 I don't. That was real. I mean, they asked me, they were willing to bring your belongings. Don't bring your, uh, I remember also, don't bring any of your appliances because we're going to give you a budget to pay for everything brand new. So don't worry about that. Second phone call from the realtor. Okay, Mr. Vargas, where do you plan to live? I said, well, I, I really don't know. I'm trying to talk to my co-workers. I, I would like to live close by to the campus. Uh, so she said, very nice lady. She said, okay, I mean, how many kids? Well, we have, you know, two if one is coming. We probably we will have more, maybe three bedrooms, house. Uh, depends on the interest rate. It depends on how much I can pay. I don't have credit history in this country. Don't worry. Company is going to send a letter to the lender. And it's going to open the possibility to get a credit. Okay, how much the interest rate? So she said, you can count 8%. At that time, was basically 2001 was, was interest rate in this country. I was in shock because in my country in the year 2001, the interest rate was 35%, 35%. In our country, just to give you an idea, we have 50 million people in Colombia and only 3% of the people have a mortgage, 
3% only. Only 11, this is the numbers today, 11% of the people have credit cards. We are in a cash economy. We pay cash, which is good. It's good. But on the other hand, there is no development. There is no entrepreneurship. There is no way to build new companies. It's difficult still. And not telling me wrong, this is wonderful. Colombia is one of the best places. You should go. It was named one of the best places to go in the year 2001 as a tourist. Now it's safe. But continue with what happened back then. So you can imagine we, we came and we were so happy about everything. We bought a house with four bedrooms. I never dreamed to buy a house and have a house with four bedrooms, with yard and everything. We were so engaged with this new life that we forgot about God. And we were very traditional Catholic families, both families, very traditional, very. Going to Sunday, reading. I studied in Christian school, my primary, my secondary, all the time. I was always engaged with the world. And I forgot it. Completely forgot it. Because we were experiencing all of this. And we are blessed a lot. We bless and thank God for that opportunity because we were praying for that one. We were praying, God, I want to live at least three years, four years before all of this happened, all of this is resolved. God, help us. I was, we were begging and, 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 and praying and praying, and the Lord answered with this. And we are so grateful to be a citizenship. This is important. I'm so grateful for this country that allowed me to come. And we came for visas for three years only, and we decided to stay because we love this country and the opportunities that it brings in. We love it. Now we are citizens, and we are very grateful. But back then, I'm going to make the, the, the comment. Back then, we forgot it. We forgot about God. Same thing was happening with the people of Israel. Same situation. So we read in the book of Haggai that they returned from the exile for 70 years. They were 70 years in captivity. And finally, the Persians took the Babylonians in the year 539. And one year later, 538 before Christ, they allowed to come back to their to, 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 to the land of Israel, to, to Jerusalem, to the promised land, and to rebuild the temple because the temple was destroyed completely by the Babylonians. Everything was destroyed. There was a, a spiritual crisis at that moment to then. They were in exile and they came and they basically returned. And um, by the time that we read this, this, the book of Haggai has been almost 16 or 18 years that they have returned. Let's read what the Lord of God told them. And, and before that one, they, Haggai, the Lord of the God, told them to three guys, basically, two guys, important to mention here. One was Zerubbabel, who served as governor of Judah at that time. He was under the Persian king Darius, because Cyrus died, and then Darius replaced him. So Zerubbabel act like, uh, represent like a political leadership. 
And Joshua was a high priest in that period. So we have Joshua and Zerubbabel, both political and religious leadership of the nation. And the Lord of the God spoke to them through Haggai, who was one of the minor prophets. When we say minor, doesn't mean that it's not important. When we say minor prophet, means that it's short in content. The book of Haggai only has two chapters that you can read it after the service. I encourage you to do it. So let's read from the verses 2 and 4 uh, again. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneling houses while this house remains a ruin? They forgot as well about God. The purpose of Haggai and what the, the Lord has told Haggai is tell my people 16 years before, rebuild my house, rebuild my temple. Because the temple in the Old Testament is when they dwell with the Lord. It's when they have this conversation where they dwell with them. And they were not doing that. So first priority, come back and rebuild it. 60 years pass, and you know what? If you read the book of Ezra, you discover that they came and they start building the foundation and just the foundation, and they stop. They stop it completely, and they start basically celebrating and singing and forgot about the, the task that they have. They change priorities. They change career. We can read it in the book and uh, chapter 4 of Ezra. And he said, look at what he said. He said, you are focusing your paneling houses. Paneling houses. The word paneling in, in Hebrew is the same word that we find in the first book of King describing the temple of Solomon. So it's so beautiful. Paneling means they were doing the touchings of the houses and basically putting nicer and nicer. In, in, in modern terms, it's like a custom home. They were doing that and forgot God. They were building their own kingdom. And that was what happened to us. And thanks God, we have also our Haggai at that time. That was our parents who were kind of worried about what we're doing. They were calling and saying, what about church? Now, no, we are busy, man. I remember the first uh, who came was the parents of, of Annie, my wife, and uh, the grandmother. And they arrived on Saturday. And they told us, okay, what about church? Tomorrow is Sunday. Let's go church. And we said, well, no, no, we haven't decided what kind of church we go. We don't know if we're going to do it in English or in Spanish. Uh, we are busy. Uh, uh, we were building, you know, and, and you know, uh, we, were, we were actually also building a swimming pool and also a patio cover. So you imagine the work, I mean, the contractors and everything. I was busy. I wanted to prefer to be on Sunday, just maybe uh, doing something else and not going to church. And the, f the, 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 the father of Anna went outside, I remember clearly, went outside and quickly and found, uh, talking to, to, to workers or somebody else or neighbors, talking to them and came back and said, well, we have a church. I just spoke. We got San Ignacio, Sapolajola. It's very close to here. 
we go Sunday, 11 a.m. in the morning, and we return to the church. But I, I didn't. I have to confess, I know. I was working in my kingdom. I was so amazed of the opportunities that I have in my job. The, the growing Latin America at that time, Compact was growing. I said, well, I need to jump in. I want to raise in my career. I'm going to focus this in my career. And I start traveling for the whole Latin America. The whole Latin America, Monday to Friday. Not being in home because I wanted to be. And I was, yes, raise, raise, another position, another responsibility. More quota, by the way. Because in sales, it's like that. You sell, you know, more quota come. Higher responsibility, more people to manage, more stress. I flew almost two million miles in United. This is not something, probably some of you have more, but for me, it was something like so many nights I have been away from my home. It's not something to be proud in a way, in a way. How many of us continue building our own houses and putting nicer and forgetting about God? We need a guy in our lives and start thinking about this. I was reading about the whole coronavirus and the whole industry of home improving. And you know that the home improving do-it-yourself has grown almost 15% because everybody in the quarantine is building and putting permanent houses. It's beautiful. I was expecting pastor, that with coronavirus, we will be on our needs to the Lord. Really, online, but be in our needs, praying about it, praying for others, praying for doctors, praying for solutions. And we did it at the beginning, but somehow I feel we have lost, we have lost that. We have lost the, the the, the possibility, the importance to dwell with our Lord because we have been made to have that. It's part of our DNA. As a human being from the beginning, the Lord was dwelling. You, you read it in Genesis. You read it all the Old Testament. He was dwelling. The tabernacle. He was always looking how I engage to the tabernacle with the temple of, of the Lord. How many of us need at this moment a Haggai to remember that they have forgotten God. Let's continue reading. Because when, when we read, we discover that also when they were working in the houses, they were not fulfilled. We read it in the verses 5 and 6. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have you fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Five illustrations of lack of fulfillment. Five. You work hard, don't receive enough. You eat, you drink, and you don't feel satisfied. That was what they experienced. I'm asking you, is that what you also experience in a way? 
Do you feel that there is something missing? Most probably you are focusing so much in your own kingdom, and we are forgotten God. We are forgotten God. And, and, and continue being uh, separated from our creator. And that was happening to me coming back to my experience. Until one day, almost 10 years ago, that what happened when we come out in 20 years. 10 years ago, I start thinking about it. I say, well, this is something wrong. This is something wrong. I mean, I don't feel fulfilled. I, yes, I have achieved a lot. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. But there is something wrong. I don't feel fulfilled. And I start reading again the Bible. And somewhere I read. Actually, the book is called Half Time. The book is called Half Time. And this book says that when you get into the middle of your life, you move from success to significance. What is going to be your legacy? And, and I read some words that I want to share with you from, from, uh, oh, from Augustine, who said, Asking yourself the question of your own legacy, what I do wish to be remembered for is the beginning of adulthood, Augustine. That's the beginning of to be an adult. And it, it shocked me. I said, my gosh, what is going to be my legacy? I'm working in my kingdom. What is my identity? My job is going to be my identity. This is what I'm going to be remembered. Uh, 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 a very good sales guy, and and then I went to the to the world, and I found something that I discovered that I want to share with you, is that the gospel, the message of the gospel, I have reduced it to salvation only to salvation, forgiveness of my sins. I forgot that Jesus Christ allowed us to be in his kingdom at this particular moment. I don't need to experience heaven until I die. I don't. Heaven is available right now where you are. Doesn't matter what kind of a spiritual condition you are, how broken you are, the spirit of the Lord is available to you. That's the kingdom of God. That is also called in Matthew, kingdom of heavens, is available to us, all of us, right now. And when I start reading, and I invite you to read Jesus Christ and the whole gospel, and notice the power and the passion that he said over and over and over. The kingdom of God is available to you. The kingdom of heaven is available to you. Enter the kingdom of God more than 100 times. He read it in all the gospels. You can read it. You can read it, understand. As a matter of fact, the first thing that Jesus said after he received the Holy Spirit, he was baptized and received it for the first time. We read it in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I love the way that King James James does, because he said the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, hand, it's near. Where is your hand? Your hand is, is close by. I mean, it's not difficult. It's among you. Repent means change the way you were walking and put your focus on God first. 
on God, then your kingdom. Put it first on him. And there is power when you do that. He's saying the kingdom of God is power. Even Paul, read it. If you read Paul in the first Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, verse 20, sorry. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. He's not talking, Jesus Christ is my savior and don't do anything. He's basically finding where you are acting, God. Where you are working in your kingdom, I want to be a partner with you. And I want, I want to enter as a child. He said it. How you enter? You enter like a child. A child enter, a child behaves with the parents without any worries. He knows he's going to provide. He's going to provide. He knows he's going to be with you. And he said it as well. It's a pearl of great price. You sell everything to have it. We have read it many times, but I just put in imagination. Imagine yourself that you find the greatest treasure that you have. You know it's there. Buried. And you sell everything you have. Everything. Your 401k, your savings, your house to get it. Think about it. It's so precious. It's so precious that you do that. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. He's basically put it first as a child and he start seeking his kingdom where you are working. He said it, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be provided to you. Everything. You are worried about pandemic and everything. You are worried about the future. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. How? In your work, whatever you do in every day, 7 by 24, do it. Be with him as well. That's the other thing. Make spaces, spiritual disciplines. Make spaces to be spaces, to be with him and receive the grace. And he is the grace is going to transform you. Little by little is going to transform you. And you walk, you, you walk in the kingdom. And, 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 and you're going to see miracles. Because it's true, it's written. It's written in this Bible. It's written. And that's what happened to me. I said, I want to enter this kingdom. Show me. I want to enter. Seek the kingdom. Lord, where do you want me to work? And continue working. Where do you want me to go? The first he said, I received clearly because I remember, go to the prison. The prison. I haven't gone to the prison in my life. Not even in Colombia. Go to the prison. I was at that time in a Methodist church, and it was amazing. It was just going and asking the question, do we have somebody here working in the prison ministry? Yes, yes. I got the contact. They opened the doors for me, and I went and started serving in Tyros, and Epiphany, those ministries with my wife, and it was amazing. I understood why he's asking me to seek the kingdom, because I was serving and I, I notice in the prison how the Holy Spirit works. There is power. Lives get transformed. I cannot do it myself in the prison. I cannot do it myself. I, I'm, I'm not, I, how I can transform somebody? But I notice with being with them, being with them and, 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 and praying with them, and continually going to visit them, I notice. I notice the power. Lives change it. Amazing. Completely. 
We have many cases in our church here, some cases as well, of that transformation. It's the growing seed. It's the mustard seed. This growing, this power is something that you cannot miss it. It's the greatest opportunity a human being could have. It's the greatest opportunity. You cannot miss it. It's the greatest opportunity to enter. You, some of you say, well, well, you are talking about being a pastor and working in a church. No, no, no. The Lord called me to do that. But just to let you know, I continue working in my, in my career for another eight years. And, and I start getting involved in the church, helping other uh, Hispanic. Because the Lord also put me, you need to tell that story to the Hispanics like you that are coming here. You need to do that. So in that church, I had the opportunity to open a, a small group in Spanish. Where it was an English-based church, no Spanish at all. And things, people start coming in our group. It was beautiful. I was working. I was partnered with God. There is power. I, I don't need to worry about this growth. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. My heart is there. My heart is there. And I continue also working. That's the message. You don't need to be a pastor. Maybe call you, yes. But, but, but you, whatever you do, whatever you do, you need to think that you're living in the kingdom with him. Seven by 24 every day. No, no things that Monday to Friday work, Saturday relax, Sunday go to, to, the, to the church. No. Is, is basically in whatever you do, do it for him, for his glory, in whatever work you do. Even a student, if you are a student, you ask to help you, the Lord, and the Lord is going to help you. Have that moment. Tell him what's going on. I know you, you can say, I am part of the new citizens. I part of the kingdom. I need help with this test, Lord. Help me to be concentrated. Help me to study. Help me in the exam. Whatever you do in your work. Jesus chose how to live this life. Heaven is available now, not when I die. I can learn how to live my life as Jesus will live it. If he were me in whatever I do. That's the kingdom and the power. We can continue reading that. Finally, they obey. The people of Israel, Haggai people obey. And we read in the, in the verses 12 and 13. Then Serubabel, son of Sheltel, Joshua, son of Hosadak. The high priest and the whole remnant of the people obey the voice of the Lord, their God, and the measures of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord, their God, has sent him. And the people feared the Lord. The Haggai, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave his message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. They fear the Lord and obey. They repent. And change directions. And they enter the kingdom and build the temple. 
where God dwells with them. And we are in a series right now, remember, come to me all who are worried. So if you are worried because you are lack of fulfillment, if you're worried because you are scared about what we are living, if you're worried about the future, come to me, enter my kingdom. We prayed in the Lord's Prayer, enter my kingdom. And Lord, I want to work with you in whatever I do for your kingdom and experience heaven on earth. My call to finalize was to become a pastor. That was my, my call to the Lord. At the end, call me to do that. And uh, there was one person when I was in the other church, Bob Walden, some of you know. He, he was doing preaching ministry as well. He, wa he, he, he knew uh, Jason. I make an arrangement to talk to Jason. And I, I, I heard his, his call to build a, 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 a church um, connected in Christ, including the Hispanics. And I resonate with his message. And I said, yes. I pray about it because at the beginning I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want it. I wanted to continue working. And working not, not with to glorify him, but but the Lord was so strong, the message that said, yes, how I can do a pastor, how I can do it. And it's part of another sermon that I need to tell all the miracles that has been happening all the way uh, in the process of, of, of becoming a pastor. And I am fulfilled. I feel fulfilled completely. Doing God's work. That's my invitation to you. Jesus, before he went to the throne, he said it in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 20, uh, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority in heaven and on earth. All. Think about it. There's nothing missing here. It's given to him. And the order is therefore. We usually read, therefore go. But no, but he said, you have the authority too. You have the power. You have the kingdom. You have, if you accept it in your heart, the message of God. You have the power. Go and make disciples. Invite them to be like Jesus and live their lives like Jesus and experience kingdom on earth. Let's pray. Father, we want to continue giving thanksgiving to you for our lives and and for you for for giving your come to earth and giving your, your body to establish your kingdom for us we ask lord that that we can enter this kingdom as soon as possible 
because we understand the urgency you have in this call for everybody, Lord. Thank you for that. I also would like to thank you for Pastor Jason, who had the vision to create a church connected in Christ, one church in two languages, to make disciples. I, I pray God also to protect Jason, his vision, his wisdom, that you allow him to continue leading this church. We have prayed in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen.